Welcome to the Legacy Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info. So change your mindset that God wants to give you good things. Man, I just hear that voice. Well, I never had nothing any good. We never had anything good in our family. We'll change it. That's what we're talking about today. And so we're going to change it. So let's read a little bit of the Christmas story in Matthew 1, 18. And we're going to show you some things, and then we'll, uh, this sets us up right here, okay? This is why we can have hope. In Matthew 1, 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, that means engaged, it's one of those King James words, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, didn't want to embarrass her. Just going to, he's going to put her aside and send her back home. He didn't want to make a public example and was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which she is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit is what caused her to conceive. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Oh, I went back to verse 19. Sorry. I, I, get to, I just get excited here, so stay with me. Verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. That's Yahshua. That means God is our salvation. That God is our sozo. Sozo, S-O-Z-O, but it's S-O-D-Z-O is how you pronounce it. That's everything. Mind, body, and spirit. If you're tormented up here and can't sleep, come on, call on Jesus. If you're sick in your body, come on, call on Jesus. There's a hundred healing scriptures. He's the balm of Gilead. He's your medicine. Mm. And she will bring forth a son, and his name's Yahshua. And he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by or spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Do you know Isaiah had more messianic scriptures? And listen to what he says right here. And he says, behold, the virgin shall be with child. This is the sign. A virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Let's just talk about Isaiah just for a second, right quick. In Isaiah 7, I think it's 14, he says this. Israel's under siege. Syria's after him. And the king's sweating it. So he makes a deal with Assyria, another country. If you come help us, I'll sell you all the people. That's not a God deal. That's not a God deal. Going to make slaves out of your people. The prophet comes to him and said, hey, God said he's going to take care of you. Don't sweat this. God's got it. He wants good for you and good for Israel. And he said, do you believe? His answer wasn't too good. So he comes back and he says, the Lord said to ask any kind of sign, and he'll prove to you that God's got this. Well, I'm not going to tempt God. I'm not going to do that. He goes, no, uh-uh. He calls out the king. And he said, this is a sign. And what he's saying, out of you, out of Israel, will come the Messiah, will come the king. Out of Israel will come the king. And for us, the king has come. Hey, hey, when they were in big trouble, God said, I got you. You ever been in big trouble? 
God said, I got you. Come on, come on. Every time you get in big trouble, turn to God and turn from the trouble. Let him dissipate the things. God is our source. He's our hope. That's why we go to him. He's our hope, our strength, our shield. Amen, amen. There's hope in that Messiah coming, but he's already come. Amen. Let's go to number one. Y'all ready? Number one, God became human. I don't like the word human, but I will explain it. But God became human. And the underline is God. We're going to talk about God just for a minute. Jesus is God. You see, your son or your daughter is just like you. If Jesus is the son of God, he's just like the father. That's what made the Pharisees so mad. You're putting yourself equal with God. You're blaspheming. But he was. So in John, uh, I'm sorry, uh, he became a man to set men free. So in Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? It's a good question. Who do men say that I am? And so they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, good old Simon, going to speak first thing comes in his mind. But it was right this time. <laughs> you ever said something that come to your mind that wasn't right? Well, you just like Simon Peter. It's all right. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the anointed one, but the son of the living God. Amen, amen. He's the son of the living God. He is the Christ. Listen, who do you say that he is? How you answer that determines your destiny. If you don't say he's the son of the living God, then you have no hope. You have to say Jesus is the son of the living God. Okay? He is God in the flesh. He is God. He's all God, but yet he's all man. But he's all God. Now, everything he did, I want to just clarify some things. I believe everything he did, he did as a man because he took on flesh. Every miracle. Well, he was the son of God, Pastor. Nope. He was the son of God, but he was a man. He conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. And so as we look at these things, we need to answer that. So in Matthew 1, 18 through 23, we've already read that. It's the immaculate conception. So, so let's talk just a little bit about that, how that happened. And it's best explained in Luke 135, and it's not on the screen, but I just want you to listen to it, okay? And the angel came to Mary, and the angel answered her, because she said, how can I have a child, and I have never known a man, never had sex with a man? And he said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Amen? 
Everybody say, he's the son of God. When you ask Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Spirit overshadows you and recreates your spirit and makes you a child of God. Mary went on to say, be it unto me as you have said. That's exactly what you do when you accept Jesus. You hear the word that Jesus came. He died on the cross for your sins. He wants to take you into the family. He wants you to have a home with you in heaven. He wants to bless you in this life. You go, I'll take that. Be it unto me. You walk down an aisle. You say, hey, pastor, pray for me. Or, hey, will you pray for me? I want to accept Jesus. Boom, the Holy Spirit comes and recreates you. Isn't that awesome? That's exactly how it happens. And the Son of God made that happen just for you. All my hope is in Jesus. Now, let me explain this too. God had to be Jesus' father. If he was born of a man, this is what the Bible teaches, that the sins of the father are put on the children for three generations, four generations, three to four generations. Now, ladies, don't look at your husband and say, it's all your fault. My kids are jacked up like this. Well, but see, what it's talking about is generational curse. It's talking about generational curses. I mean, you know, I know people who are alcoholics who their daddy was an alcoholic, and they said, I'll never be an alcoholic, and they become an alcoholic. And God wants to break those generational curses off of you. God wants to give you wisdom when you think you're dumb. Quit thinking about being dumb and say, if you lack wisdom, the Bible says, ask God for it. So, man, there's an answer in everything. There is hope in the Word of God for you in every area of life. Wisdom, peace, and joy, and love, faithfulness, kindness, everything that we need. So God had to be Jesus' Father. There was no curse in Him. There was no sin in Him. The seed of sin came from Adam. We all got it. You got it from your father. I got it from mine. But there's good news. When you got born again, and this is where we need to change our thinking, okay? Let's look at this. In, uh, in 1 Peter 1.23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed. This is talking about us. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Man, I've been born again. I need to quit thinking about my old way of thinking. Everything that was put in me as a child, everything negative that I've grown up thinking, I had to attack that. You know, every negative thought, every fear that was put in me by my grandparents, my parents, I love them, they love me, but you know what? Sometimes we just don't know. And we instill things in, in our children and in our grandchildren that, we have to, that they'll have to break out of their life. I'm no good. I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. My mama used to say, can't never could do anything because I couldn't tie my shoe. Being five, four or five, I'm trying to tie my shoe. I can't do this. She could, can't never could do anything. Get that back. Get, come on. You got this. Taught me how to tie my shoes. Simple thing. But notice how the negative comes in your heart. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Well, I'm just going to wear slip-ons the rest of my life. And then they invented Velcro. you Velcro. But I learned how to tie my shoe. Simple thing. But wait a minute. There's harder things. You still can go after those hard things because God's got you. God's for you. 
God's with you. And you've been born again with the incorruptible, incorruptible seed. Come on. Hey, our Father's God. Our brother's Jesus. Amen, amen. So God himself came to redeem us. You know, that incorruptible seed says, you know what it says? Because here's the, well, we're only human. What do you expect? We're going to mess up and sin. We're only human. But the incorruptible seed says, no, no, you're not a failure anymore. No, you're not human anymore. You're in the God class. You're like God. You're made in the image of God, in the likeness of God, just like Jesus. Come on, you know, and I know we're not going to attain everything like Jesus did, but you know what? When we get to heaven, we will, but we should be striving for it here. My hope is in Jesus and that there is nothing, no good thing he will withhold from me. So I need to go after it. Amen? Are you going to go after it? Can you give me an Amen. All right, because there's somebody sleeping beside you just telling you to amen. So, so, so God, God sent Jesus. God sent his son. you got to think about this, to be our redeemer. I heard a story. The guy got a speeding ticket, and uh, he had a judge as a friend. And he said, hey, judge, I got this ticket. Can you take care of this for me? And the judge looked at him like, okay, I'll take care of that. And the judge took the ticket, and about a week later, he didn't hear anything, and he saw the judge said, hey, man, I hadn't heard anything. I guess I appreciate you, you taking care of that ticket. He goes, yeah, I paid that ticket. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. You paid the ticket? He goes, yes, sir. I paid the ticket. I thought you'd do your judge thing. He goes, no, no. I paid that ticket because it was supposed to be paid. God sent Jesus to pay for your sins because they needed to be paid for. And Jesus came to pay for your sins. He died for your sins. And open the door to the goodness of God. Let's go to number two. Number two is God became human. <laughs> I thought that was number one. Yeah. But we're underlining the word as Human. He became flesh. 1 John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. It's capitalized Word. That's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. Look at the capitalized, capitalized Word. Word was with God. The Word was God. That's Jesus being God. He was with God. He's the Word of God. And then bounce down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Flesh and blood. The word of God became flesh and blood. Remember how did Mary get pregnant? The Holy Spirit. The, the angel said the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for you, Mary. This is the word of God for you. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. This is the word of God for you. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you get saved. You get born again. You get changed. So, so as you look, the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and let me finish. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Come on. His glory, his goodness. Man, Jesus never spit on anybody, never, well, unless it was the hill. I must thought about that. He never kicked anybody. He never chewed anybody out, gave him peace of his mind, never cussed anybody out. 
Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's our Savior. Can you say, that's my Savior? In 1 John 4, 2 and 3, this is how important this is. Look at what John says about it. It says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Well, duh. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. You see it all over America. You see it all over the world. There is but one God and he has no son. That's what the Muslims say. There are people say that in India that Jesus was a good man. He was a good prophet, but he was not the son of God. Let's finish that. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Been here. Been here since John wrote that. It's still here, and you still hear it. But you have to make that decision in your heart. He is the son of God, and he came in the flesh. Yes, he did. He came in the flesh. In 2 John 1, 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Come on, when you hear that and you know that, mm, that's not a God. It's that simple. I always thought, man, who would do that anyway? Unbelievers, the spirit of the antichrist, driving home to people, who other unbelievers, that there is no help, there is no hope. That's why you see people rioting. They don't have any hope. That's why you see people stealing. They don't have any hope. That's why you see people getting mad because somebody's got something that they don't have because they don't have any hope they'll ever get it. But God wants you to have hope. God wants you to have hope in Jesus, and Jesus came in the flesh to give you hope. So, so with that being said, he knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to be hungry. He knew what it was like to be sick. He knew what it was like to be tempted. Hebrews says, in all manners, he was tempted just as we are. Tired, hungry. I mean, so tired that he can sleep in a hurricane storm. Do you not care we're about to drown in this storm, Jesus? Wake up. That's tired. That's tired. Jesus knew what it was like to walk. And we have nice cars. He knew what it was like. How about tormented? How about to face death? Anybody ever face death other than me? Yes, Jesus faced death. He knew what it was about. But let me show you something in Hebrews 2.14. And this is New Living Translation. It just... You know, not all of New Living is good, but this one is very good. So listen to what it says. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Somebody just smiled at me. They got it. He broke the power of the devil who had the power of death. Come on. 
I don't care if your team football team won yesterday. I don't care if you won at your tiddlywinks match or whatever. Jesus won at Calvary for me. He will always forever be my champion. He is our champion. He came in the flesh as a, as a person, flesh and blood, as a human being and died on the cross for us to set us free. And all my hope is in him. All my strength is in him. Everything is in him. And he has released everything and given us everything. All our hope is in. So he really was whipped. He really bled. He really went to the cross. He died and he rose again as a human. Ha ha. Glory. And he rose again and they go, oh, it's a ghost. He goes, no, I'm flesh and blood. Jack, touch me. Touch me right here. I'm not a ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> My youngest grandson got heard that. Listen, Jesus was flesh and bone. His blood's at Calvary. When he rose again, he's full of the glory of God. Come on, now, we're going to be like him. That's my blessed hope. That's what I can't have right now. But you know what? I know what the word says, that I'm going to be like him. What was he like when he rose again? Amen. He appeared in the room. He ate. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. We still get to eat. Yes. <laughs> you, you like good food. Heaven's got good food. Yes. We're going to sit down with the, the, the lamb and the marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. You don't think about it like that, do you? Well, we're, in heaven, we're going to be a... Hallelujah. We're going to be, no, we're not angels. We're going to be like Jesus. And he's our hope. And we'll be able to appear, disappear. We'll be able to float up in the sky. As he left, they went up in the clouds and they're all up with their mouth open. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Why y'all standing here with your mouth gaping open? They didn't say that. He said, Why are you here watching? Come on. It's just something to have hope about in this life, it's something to believe. But not only that, today God wants you to have hope. Today, God wants you to have hope and have faith about who Jesus is and what he's done. And last scripture, in Isaiah 9, 6, I want you to listen to this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. There he is. Son, born in the flesh. I mean, excuse me, a child that's the flesh. The son is the son of God. This is Isaiah again, prophesying Jesus is coming. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government be upon his shoulders. His name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Glory. So he, he is a child that was born, came in the flesh, but he was a son, the son of God that was given. Say, he's given to me. He personally came for you and me. Every day you need to remind yourself that he came for you. The Bible says that he became poor that you might become blessed or rich. Well, how did he become poor? He left heaven. He left heaven and came down and was walking in the streets of gold, walking in the dirt. He was still rich on the inside, but he became flesh and blood. He conquered the flesh and blood for us. You know, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, 
I'm sure the father looked at Jesus and said, you know, this is what I was talking about. If they miss it and mess up, I'm going to need somebody to go get them. He goes, I'm going. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go for them. Whoo. I'll go. No good thing will he withhold from you. I'm reminded of a song, but it's a poem. I'm going to say it. The courtroom was silent as I walked in. Order in the court, I was on trial for my sin. The Holy Spirit, he brought me forward and then began to make his plea because he's my counselor. And the judge carefully listened and he found me guilty. The verdict was guilty and I had to pay. The sentence, it was death and there was no other way. But just as they began to lead me away, the judge's son stood up and said, there's something I got to say. The verdict is guilty. And death is required. Let there be no mistake. But the price was paid at Calvary when I took his place. Hallelujah. Jesus took our place. There is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. And I want you to watch this video, and then we're going to pray. Well, happy Sunday morning to all of my legacy family out there. I love spending Sunday morning right here with you. And before we go today, I want to tell you a few things you need to know to stay. Maybe we don't have that video. It was a good video, too. I can't see back there. Okay. All right. Well, we don't have it. That's all right. There's still hope in Jesus, huh? Let me ask you, if you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him today? You don't have to raise your hand, but you know what? It's, it's just you making a commitment. But I do want you to come over here and have some people pray with you one side or the other. Maybe you're here today and you've lost all hope. You felt hopeless. You're depressed. You're you're, you're upset with life. God wants to help you. God wants to strengthen you. He wants you to come to him. The Bible says come to him and wash your hands. That's asking forgiveness. Cleanse your hands. Bow your heads. If that's you, would you lift your hand today and just let me pray over you? You need to get your life right with God. Is God stirring in you to draw closer to him? I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Then let's all pray this together. I see that hand. Let's pray it together. Say, Father, thank you for hope today. I have hope in you. And I trust you to fulfill every promise and every dream I have that comes from your word. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus, for him coming and dying just for me. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.